Teresa, it's the most wonderful time of the year. November? It's Schmanners. I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, d- I'm doing all right. Okay. I'm having a pretty good day. It's all gray and blustery. It's your favorite type of day. It is. You know, here's the thing. People may hear me and my love of gray, quote unquote, gross weather and think, well, Travis must love winter. Incorrect. I like fall. I love fall weather. Before, just before, just before it tips over into like, I step outside, my fingers go numb, and I'm like, "Well, I hate this. I'm gonna go inside." You know. <laughs> also, not a big fan of snow. Yeah. I. You don't like getting wet, really, I, in I the do snow. Not. I do not care for it. Here's the thing, and and I'm people are more than welcome to disagree with me, though I'd rather they did not do it directly via Twitter or email or anything. <laughs> just, is what you're saying? Don't at me. Don't direct at me, please. Um, but I think snow, unless you are a teacher, doesn't carry the same kind of like wonder that like I remember being a kid and waking up and looking out the window and seeing snow and be like I am not going to school today or I'm going to go out and play in that and now I look out and I'm like Ugh, am I going to have to clean that up or worse when I actually worked a job that I had to drive to thinking mm-hmm. like I still have to go because no boss has yeah, you... ever called you and said hey man snow day don't worry about making stuff today I mean except when there's a snow emergency well yeah the governor doesn't the governor do that? The governor knocks on everybody's door and like, no. Don't. Yeah. They declare snow emergencies. And at level three or something, only essential personnel, I guess. I don't know. Remember? I don't remember. Um, but anyways, we're not talking about snow. But it does all kind of tie together to me because we were talking about holiday decorations. Now, here's the thing. Of course, when right now in this time we talk about holiday decorations, there's going to be one holiday that springs to everybody's minds. But I'm not trying to be exclusive. So, of course, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving decorations. But there's more to it than that. Actually, I don't know. What are Thanksgiving decorations? I was making a joke about Christmas, but corn, cornucopias? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paper uh, mache turkeys? Sure. Oh, those turkey handprint things, you know, where you put your hand on, you draw it, and you add a waddle? Yes, very cute. Love those. Um, Is also, it cute if a 34-year-old man does that? Um, it's not as cute. It's okay. cute to me. Okay. If you if you gave one to me, I'd say it was cute. Oh, okay, great. Um, I'll keep that in mind for Christmas. Gourds. Gourds. Uh, this is dried corn or maize. You know the the irony is, or maybe this maybe this is only uh, Alanis Morissette irony. But we buy pumpkins, then we carve them up, and then we can't use them. Because I think it sticks through, you know, scarecrow, pumpkins, all about the harvest for it Thanksgiving. Is. Mm-hmm. But once you put a face in them, you can't be like, this is my Thanksgiving jack-o'-lantern. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just they saying. do. They do tend to, you know, be eaten by, by animals at that point. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't like carving pumpkins. No, you don't like the gooshy insides. I don't. Um, so the last couple years, I have either not carved a pumpkin or I go to a uh, craft supply store and I get a foam pumpkin. Don't have to scoop out insides for that. Mm-hmm. And they don't rot. That win, is true. Win, win, win. Win, win, win. Win, 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 win. Now, I'm going to guess that holiday decorations began in 1986 when Pepsi said, this is what Santa looks like or whenever they did that. Um, there does are it, lots of things wrong with that. Does it date back? Well, first of all, it was Coca-Cola. Okay, <laughs> that was the number one thing. I get that. Coca-Cola decided what Santa Claus looked like. Okay. In the 50s. In the 50s. Yes. Not 1996. No. Did I say 86 the first time? You said 86. <sighs> Santa used to be very short. And I don't think he was... I don't know. Maybe he wasn't fat. Was he fat? Was is he? Well, he always had the the belly that la- that bounced like a bowl full of jelly. You know, in Australia, Santa comes in on a surfboard. Yep. Just an interesting thing that I know. Okay. Um. So the harvest kind of festival dates back to ancient Greece, probably. That's a long time before 1986. Well. <laughs> If you think about the grand scheme of time, it's not that <laughs> long ago. Um, and they were devoted to Dionysus, um, usually. Uh, and so what they would have is a harvest wreath, which okay. was usually a laurel or an olive wreath um, that was part of kind of a parade. Uh, sorry, a parade. Um, and then they made kind of offerings to uh, Helios and um, this ritual was supposed to bring protection against crop failure and plagues. Okay. So a, a pleasing the gods kind of thing. As yeah. was so much in the ancient Greece and ancient Roman times of like we're doing these celebrations specifically so as not to be smoten. Yeah. And in general, these kind of harvest festivals have a lot to do with um, asking for a good harvest either that year or the next year. Uh, protection against plagues of like, you know, like locusts, right? <laughs> Which yeah. are things that, <laughs> that eat right? crops. Totally. Hey, you ever notice with these locusts? <laughs> Am I right? Hey. Um, and so a lot of the decorations reflect that kind of bountiful harvest idea, right? I mean, that's the cornucopia, right? Like, right, okay. the cornucopia and a lot of the dried magical? stuff. The cornucopia is big. Okay. Hey, hi, everybody. This might um, be absolutely wrong, but I'm not the expert one here. But I think a cornucopia is based off of, like, the idea of, like, a magical cornucopia that food continuously spilled out of. Okay, yes. I just took a brief break, and I looked it up. It is, um, though there's no one myth. It's kind of, it. the origin could be from a bunch of different myths. In classical antiquity, the cornucopia, or horn of plenty, um is like a large horn-shaped container overflowing with produce, flowers, or nuts. Um, One version of it is in like the birth of Zeus and how Zeus was protected from Kronos. Um, There's another one in Hercules. There's another one having to do with Plutus. There's another one having to do with Demeter. There's a bunch of different versions, but it was this like magical horn that was provided. Right. So back to wreaths for a second. So this idea of the harvest wreath really um, permeates a lot of of ancient societies. Um, And so 
the procession that I talked about, the ancient Greek procession um, parade, kind of morphed into a closer resembled like pagan or their later Christian sort of thing, where you would take the the harvest wreath and you would have it blessed by a priest and then you would bring it back and hang it on your door to shower blessings on you. This is the thing. This is this is like scratch one layer of paint deep and so many like decorations that we think of as commonplace, be it for Halloween, Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever. Most of them have roots in like pagan, Wiccan kind of like culture and mythology. You know, you think of like the evergreen, the egg. Right, that's another thing. The evergreen boughs are often woven into wreaths to symbolize, to like keep the life force going throughout winter because evergreens don't lose their leaves in the winter. Right, and like so much, like the, um, I know mistletoe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk a little bit about yeah, that too. Yeah, but so much of that stuff is like, wait, what does, uh, you know, a, a, baby chick and a rabbit have to do with jesus yeah (laughs) yeah exactly what's a christmas tree have to do with jesus yeah yeah dead on nailing it so this evergreen uh wreath that i talked about uh morphed into the advent wreath in the catholic church where what is that um so generally candles are placed on the wreath um kind of you know like if a wreath is sitting on a table instead of on a door um, so if it's sitting on the table, you place candles in the wreath and there's room for four candles, one at each kind of corner of the wreath. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, representing the four weeks waiting for Christmas. Okay. And there are different different ways that uh, different churches around the world use these, these wreaths. Um, most of them, again, in the winter, uh, there is a... Um, a I guess, a celebration in mostly Scandinavian countries called the Feast of St. Lucy or Lucy's Day, um, where you're supposed to light these wreaths and it is worn as a, a hat on young girls to celebrate when St. Lucy brought food and aid to Christians hiding in the catacombs. Mm, cool. Can- a candle hat. Candle hat. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. 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 Um, so... That's a little bit about like wreaths in general. Um, I want to move on to a few different things before I get to Christmas trees. Okay. Which I know we've talked a little bit about before. Yeah, I know we talked about Elizabethan Christmas or not Victorian Christmas. Excuse right. Me. Um, so mistletoe, you mentioned already. We, I think we've talked about this as well, but it is a representation of romance, fertility, vitality, again, in Scandinavian cultures um and you're supposed to kiss when you're underneath it to ward off bad spirits yeah or you know don't but it's fine (laughs) um a different winter holiday that takes place um this time of year is hanukkah uh so a lot of people decorate their homes or windows with hanukkah menorahs and a menorah is a nine uh, armed candle stand Uh, there's the center candle which um, you use 
as the attendant candle to light all the other ones. Mm -hmm. And then there are eight other candles that are lit one day at a time to celebrate when the ancient Maccabees had an oil shortage um, in one of the holy temples. And they only had enough olive oil to light the traditional seven-armed menorah for one day. And so they lit it anyway. And that one-day supply lasted eight days long. So that's, that's another decoration that you might see at this time of year. Um, briefly, I think we've also talked about Christmas stockings, mm -hmm. which is another decoration that people put in their homes. Um, it is the story of St. Nicholas, who heard of a woman who was very far in debt. And so, or sorry, a man, a family who was so far in debt that both his wife and his children were going to be sold into slavery. And he tossed a bag of gold through their window. It landed in the stocking. So now we put those stockings out for presents. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Um, and then there is the tree. We've talked about the tree as far as uh, um, Victorian Christmas goes. And the thing about the tree is, I feel like uh, people in the United States... They really have taken tree to its, you know, its epic heights of, you know, you have several in the home. They're huge. Put all kinds of stuff on them. Um, but did you know that Christmas trees and Christmas decorations in general didn't really become the thing until like 1850 in the United States? I knew that it took a while because... Uh, uh, Albert brought it to England from Germany. Mm -hmm. And then I assumed that there's always a, you know, trickle down time to get it over to America. Not just that, although that is part of it. But Christmas celebrations were generally frowned upon in early America. Because they were so debaucherous. Exactly. Um, the colonists didn't celebrate Christmas because of the puritanical roots. Um, For a while, it was outlawed in America because of religion, interestingly enough. Exactly. Uh, the Christians outlawed Christmas in America because it was too uh, secular and debaucherous. Um, so the more you know. They, until probably the 1830s, People didn't even celebrate Christmas. They had no... Here in America. Here, here in the United States. Yeah, in the United States. Thank you. They didn't celebrate it. Um, and then about 1830s, you start to see the kind of tabletop tree that... Well, and not in such a grand way as Queen Victoria and Prince Albert had, but the kind of potted tree, uh, small shrubbery on a table... And there may have been some decorations, probably candles, probably like handmade paper or lace, uh, or maybe like apples and berries tied to the tree. Um, then, once Massachusetts declared Christmas a legal holiday in 1856, uh, you start to see 
more of like evergreen boughs, like we talked about, the wreaths, um, the the like presents actually happening at this point. Uh, before that, in the United States, they really didn't, nobody really celebrated it, so they didn't like celebrate it to each other. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of like pine is used at this point because they're that's you know what people had. Um, and then we start to get into like 1870 where the United States embrace fully embraces the Victorian decorative sort of Christmas aesthetic. Cool, yeah, and now look at them. They're made of aluminum and pre-lit and are so distant from our roots. Get it? Because it's a tree and roots. Ah. That said, yeah. uh, we'll talk about this in the questions too because I know we specifically have one. I I say that, but I'm completely joking because I'm a huge fan of fake trees for a very good reason <laughs> that I will go into later. I did find... Uh, do you have more about Christmas? I do have one more thing I want to mention okay. about outdoor Christmas lights. So um, in the home of Edward H. Johnson on December 22nd, 1882, his home on Fifth Avenue, New York City, was lit up with hand-wired 80 red, white, and blue electric incandescent bulbs the size of walnuts, so the small ones, right? Well, I guess walnuts are yeah, kind of not tiny, not tiny but yeah. next to a light bulb of the era. Yeah. Um, so that's like... One of the first ones. Cool. Now to, I want to tell you about something that predates all that. The Yule Log. So I wanted to talk about this because I remember when we were filming the My Brother, My Brother and Me TV show, we went and talked to um, some people about Yule because we realized that Candle Nights was still being a, a little Judeo-Christian centric. And, and if you don't know what Candle Nights is, it is a... Uh, Pan, what is it? Pan? pan religious personal pan holiday. Yeah, that includes all holidays and can be celebrated whenever you need it. Made up by the, the McElroys. Um, and I don't think that clip ended up making it to the show, but I was super. So there's two different forms of Yule log, right? Um, and this is coming from Wicca.com. So the one type of Yule log is it's a log that's either harvested from the householder's land or given as a gift and must never be bought. Um, you drag it in the fireplace and it's decorated with seasonal greenery, doused with cider or ale, dusted with flour, and then set ablaze with a piece of last year's log held onto for this purpose. And then it would burn throughout the night, then smolder for 12 days after before being ceremonially put out. Um, ash is the traditional wood of the Yule log. Um, the other form of the Yule log, and this is a little bit easier now because not everybody has fireplaces, is you bring it in and then you bore three holes in it, um, or you can just use it as the base of three candles. Um, and it says, find a smaller branch of oak or pine and flatten one side so it sits upright. Then drill three holes in the top side to hold red, green, and white, uh, or green, gold, and black, or white, red, and black candles. Um, and then you still decorate it with like greenery and red and gold bows and rosebuds, cloves and that kind of thing. Because that's the thing. If you look through um, like the the traditions of like 
uh, Winter Solstice or Yule. It's stuff like kids going from house to house and giving presents to each other. Mistletoe being hung. Holly and Ivy using to decorate. Um, toasts of spiced cider. It's Christmas. I mean, it's... It's a lot of traditions that have been incorporated into it. Well, that's what you find. So, like, stuff like why is Easter when Easter is? Why is Christmas? Because so many people will tell you Christmas is... There's no possible way if the Bible's account is true that it happened during like that time period because shepherds wouldn't have been out with their flocks, all this stuff. And the reason is it was the early Christian leaders appropriated the date so that it was easier to get pagans and Wiccans on board because it was like, oh, you're already partying? Great, we party too. But ours is even better because of this stuff and this stuff. Ah, come on over. <laughs> so you see a lot of the same stuff incorporated. And I specifically wanted to bring this up because we got some questions about like, well, what if you don't really celebrate Christmas? Or what if you don't want to put up like, you know, denominational decorations? And we will talk about that in the questions. But I wanted to touch on this so we could touch back on it. Okay. Touch, touch. Touch, touch, touch. Touch, touch, touch. All right. But for now, we're going to take a quick break, come back with some thank you notes, and then do your questions. This week, we want to say a special thank you note to Tracker. T-R-A-C-K-R. Here's the thing. I'm trying to remember. What was it that I lost the other day? It was my laptop. Yeah, that was was scary. It was scary. Like, I thought I left it at Justin and Sydney's house when I visited them, and then Justin couldn't find it. I searched all over, and after about three hours of searching, I found it in my couch. And I mentioned on Twitter, like, I can't find my laptop. And somebody said, hmm, sounds like you should put a tracker on that. And you know what? Since Tracker started sponsoring the show, every time I lose anything, the first thing I think is, as soon as I find that, I'm putting tracker on it. (laughs) Here's the thing. Tracker Pixel is the lightest Bluetooth tracking device on the market. You can place Tracker Pixel on whatever you tend to lose, maybe keys, wallets, you know. Your laptop, maybe? Your laptop, (laughs) yes. Um, That kind of thing. And it has a 90 decibel alert and powerful LED lights, so it's easy to find. You don't, because that's the thing. I ended up finding my laptop in the same place I already looked like five times, and I just didn't look hard enough, I guess. And so this way... Tracker helps you so you don't miss the thing because it's setting off sound and lights and it's you can't miss it. You can even locate your item miles away because every Tracker user is part of the largest crowd locate network in the world. And Tracker has a 30-day money-back guarantee, and so you have nothing to lose. Get it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so go to thetracker.com, T-H-E-T-R-A-C-K-R, dot com slash schmanners and you get 20% off any order that's the tracker.com slash schmanners for 20% off the tracker.com slash schmanners did he mention that his laptop was in the bowels of our it folding was in couch the bowels of the fold-out couch okay <laughs> and i for some reason i put it behind well i know why our baby likes to like grab things and pull them off the couch so i put it behind the like back cushion of the couch and it just kept going down and ended up inside the couch inside the couch i know all right we have a jumbotron this week this message is for jen from zach zach says 
Thanks for introducing me to not only Schmanners, but to the entirety of McElroy line of shows. You are a great sister, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. That's, wait, who's trying to tell Jen otherwise? <laughs> Nobody, because Zach oh. won't let him. Okay, I see. I gotcha. Well, that's very nice. Thank you very much, Jack. And you know what? If you would like to tell someone that you think they're great and congratulations or anything like that, and also support our show, you can go to MaximumFun.org forward slash Jumbotron and get yourself a Jumbotron on an episode in 2018. Go now, support the show, and tell someone they're great. Oh, sorry about that. Just had to dispatch some goons real quick. Hi, I'm April Wolf, lead film critic at LA Weekly, and when I'm not kicking butt, I'm hosting the new Maximum Fun podcast, Switchblade Sisters. Do you love genre films? Do you love female filmmakers? Do you love discussions on craft? If your answer is yes, you'll love Switchblade Sisters. Every episode, I invite one female filmmaker on, and we talk in-depth about their fave genre film and how it influenced their own work. So we're talking horror, action, sci-fi, fantasy, bizarro, and exploitation cinema. Mothers, lock up your sons, because the Switchblade sisters are coming for you. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you find your podcasts. What's up? I'm James, the co-host of Minority Corner. And look at that! The other co-host of Minority Corner. Girl, guess what? What? We just hit our 100th episode. What? And what do you think is going to be in store for the next 100? Probably some more feuds with Jennifer Hudson. And I'm telling you. I'm we'll probably do more investigative reporting, too, like we did with the Kodak and their racist film. Not to mention exposing the truth, like how we did with the ugly history of the Texas Rangers. But we always lighten the mood with a splash of pop culture. Olivia Pope's new wig. Have you seen that? It's popping. Just like your lip gloss. And Janet Jackson. And you know we like to put our nerd glasses on and talk about things like marvel it's true that's it (laughs) (laughs) i don't speak about dc (laughs) but you just did all from a perspective that's black queer and ladylike so come on over and learn laugh and play and join the corner it's a lot of fun i'm having fun right now (laughs) (laughs) minority corner okay we have lots of great questions wonderful lots of great questions this one's from jacqueline How much is too much for your office? I have a small office that I would like to put some decorations up, but don't want to come off as unprofessional or overboard. I had some removable... I had... I... mm I had some removable wall art, trees, lights, candy dishes picked out. Okay. Um, so I think that it's not about... About how much you put up. It's about the caliber and the quality of the things that you put up. So, like, if you're going to do, um, I, I would pick an unobtrusive color, like instead of maybe red and green, if it's Christmas stuff, maybe white and gold, something that's that's not going to be so loud, but still festive. Um, I, I would also say a little bit of counter to your point. I, do you think the element of how much comes down to if it gets the in the way of your work. Like oh, absolutely. If you're at a cubicle and you fill your desk countertop with so much that you don't have a place to like put papers you have to work on or whatever, that's probably over if it's hard to like move around because you've strummed, you know, like tensile and streamers throughout your room, that's probably too much. Okay. I, I suppose I assumed that you would still be able to navigate your workspace. Well, you can't assume. You know what happens. <laughs> um Zoe asks, when is it appropriate to begin wearing holiday-themed outfits? 
Well, you know, something that was um, interesting about California when we lived there is people tended to celebrate Halloween all October long and sometimes into November um, by wearing their orange and black outfits and stuff. So, Also, a lot of those people might be vampires. It's, oh, I mean, I've always said if California. I was a real life vampire, I would live in LA because no one would notice. <laughs> um, so I think as long as you are adjacent to whatever holiday themed wear you want to wear, I'd, I'd give it a month before a month after. That's fine with me. You know, red and green look good all year round. So does um, orange and black. Well, so this question is from Maji and Maji asks, when is it? I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, when is the proper time to put up slash take down decorations? And, and Like I said, I think a month before, a month after. So what you're really talking about, though, is two different questions. Okay. Because question one is, is it okay to put up decorations as early as I want to? Versus at what point in the timeline will people not judge me for putting them up? <laughs> right? Because I the suppose answer, that's true. The answer is like, if you want to put them up and you're in the spirit and you're feeling it and you want to do it. Yeah. Like, because that's the thing. The cops aren't going to come around and take your decorations. Maybe now if you're part of like a homeowner's society. That's right. A homeowner's thing, association. You need to make sure you follow their bylaws. That is important. But as far as like, if because I've seen a debate raging of like, is it post Halloween or post Thanksgiving that I can start putting my thing up? I get it on some level, because if, especially if you're going to go to a lot of work or you spend a lot of money on your decorations. You want to display them. You want to put them up as long as possible. Growing up, my mom, the day after Thanksgiving, um, we were never like like hardcore shoppers or anything. So we didn't usually go out to the mall. What we did was spent the day outside putting up our outdoor Christmas lights. Um, and that was that was just the day that we did it. And so I think that... You know, once the Thanksgiving holiday is over, the next one for a lot of people in the United States is Christmas. So go for it. I think, yeah, I think the day after Thanksgiving is when most people think like time for decoration. But, I, you know, I say if you want to do it earlier, go for it. Um, this question is from Jay. Is it weird to decorate your house if you don't celebrate Christmas? We just like putting up lights. Absolutely not. It's your house. Put right. whatever you want on it. Well, especially since, as this is why I wanted to touch on this, of like, decorating is, Christmas is part of decorating, but decorating doesn't, wait, decorating is part of Christmas, but Christmas is not part of decorating. Okay. You I know what it. I mean? Like, you can decorate your house. I've seen people put up Halloween lights that yeah, are like or totally. purple, and I've seen people put up for the July lights that are red, white, and blue. I've seen, you know what I mean? So, like, if you just want to put up some icicle lights and put a snowman out there, yeah, go for it. And, you know, as we talked about, stuff like holly and, you know, ivy. Well, ivy. That's from, what's that one you always make me watch? The Leprechaun Tears. Oh, what is it? No, it's the Banshee Tears. Oh, uh, Leprechaun Christmas or yeah, something like that. It's a great Rankin Bass one. But the idea of, like, holly and evergreen and stuff that's not christmas specific that's just like winter stuff you know i think it's fine go for it um so tanya asked pros and cons of a natural versus artificial tree which would you recommend um okay we are firm artificial tree in our house for a few reasons we have animals 
And uh, what I don't want to do is encourage them to climb, maim, otherwise destroy a live tree I put in my house. And I also, it just it pretty much starts dying the second that you cut it down. Yes, that that is how, you can say like, oh, I put it in water. Cool. It's dead. You killed it. It is dying. Here's the thing. It's a huge mess. A live tree. Why well, I say live. A dying tree. And you're going to end up with some sap all over your presence. But more importantly, when I was a kid, I would say about eight or nine, I stepped on a pine needle. I got stuck in my foot and I didn't know it and it got infected and I had to go to the hospital with the emergency room to have it removed. And ever since then, we have always had a fake tree. And because of that experience for me, I will also always have a fake tree. In the spirit of fairness, let's give some pros for a dying tree. Okay. A live tree. One. A cut down tree. The tradition of going and picking one out before my traumatic pineable experience was a very fun part of like my childhood. We would go and there was a like live tree farm that you would go to walk around, pick one out and they'd cut it down for you. That was something we did growing up that was really fun. The smell. Uh huh. The smell inside your home. That's really nice. You don't get that with an artificial tree unless you, you know, light a candle. Yeah, um, and that's where the pros end. Um, you don't have, to, I guess you don't have to find storage room for it. Right, because you throw it away. Yeah. Okay, that's where oh, the pros end. I okay. think that's it. <laughs> um, so, Court asked, how do you settle the debate of who gets to put the tree topper on? And I had a great idea for this. Oh, you did? Yeah. Go for it. So, in the spirit of... You know, who's been naughty and who's been nice. I say maybe all year, but at least from the, you know, day of Thanksgiving on, maybe have like a running competition of like people doing chores and nice things for each other and they get gold stars and whoever gets the most, you know, gold stars gets to put the tree topper on top. You know what I mean? So it is encouraging people to do nice things and be kind to each other and be nice to each other and they get to do the tree topper. Sure. That might work. Either that or just haven't paid to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whoever has the most money. Whoever has the most money gets to put the tree top. Because it's America, right? And that's not, or it's the U.S. Capitalism. You get to buy your way. Anyways, I think that. Do we stop or take turns? In my house, we always just took turns. Or just like put it up and then take it down. And then the next day, somebody else put it on top and take it down. And then, you know, and just keep going <laughs> until Christmas. Or maybe um like here at our house i have several tabletop trees maybe each person gets their own tree yeah put their own topper on it that would be fun man i uh, I, uh, I just i like that you know the idea of so there was this um festival of trees and i don't think this was unique to huntington i think that this is something that a lot of different cities in huntington has a lot of festivals don't they we do we love our festivals um, but we did the festival of maybe it's the festival of lights is what it was called, or festival of trees. And basically, people would decorate these trees and then put them on display. And it was like a competition. Um, and almost never were they Christmas themed. So it'd be like a tree that had little musical instruments, ornaments, and like ribbons of like musical notes on staves winding through it. Or like there was almost always a Doctor Who themed tree. Where like the you know the runner through it looked like uh, Tom Baker's scarf, and there were like Tardis lights hung on it, that kind of thing. Cool. And so like I think you can have a Christmas tree that is completely and utterly secular, that is like has nothing to do with Christmas. I mean, my mom's 
like chief decoration in decorating our tree growing up was like apples. Yeah. Um, lots of like country kind of things on there. Apples. There was like she had this ornament that sticks in my hand that we might still have. That's like a baking sheet with mm-hmm. like little cr- Christmas cookies on it. That kind we of do thing. still have that. So like that's the thing is you can decorate without it being Christmas specific. You know, decorate a tree with some decorations. Anyways, um, Zewi asks, is it okay to not decorate the house? There aren't smart, small children in my family anymore. And in Spain, it is no not such a big deal as it is in USA. So I wonder if it's okay to not decorate my house this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's your house. We keep going back to this. Um, there's no, there's like, there's nothing that, that, from etiquette that demands that you do something you don't want to do especially to your home so don't do it if you don't want to evie asks what is the appropriate time that a light display should be turned off by so here's the thing also growing up so we put our our outdoor lights on as uh the day after thanksgiving and there were several times they did not come down until the day before Valentine's well, Day. Well, I think, uh, yes. Also, <laughs> I think I think Evie is asking about, like, should you turn off your lights by, like, 9 p.m. so people oh, in the neighborhood can go to sleep. Oh, I see. I thought that you were talking about, like, the day you turn no, off your lights. No, you should have them down by January 3rd. Or if it's a really bleak winter, Valentine's Day. Okay, if it's like I walk outside and my eyebrows freeze off, okay, cool. But otherwise, enjoy New Year's. Enjoy New Year's Day. Recover on the second. Take them down on the third. Okay, but as far as like timing goes, I I think that um, in the neighborhood of nine ten o'clock, yeah, they probably need to come off. And you know, I think that exists that you can get timers you can get timers and you know it gets darker in this hemisphere earlier um so your lights can go on as early as probably six or seven yeah but yeah i think set timers especially here's the thing it's lovely it's a great effect when they have like those spotlights that shine up on like a white house that has like wreaths in the windows and everything but that's so much brighter because it's a big white reflector basically yeah like 9.30. Some of us have kids and they're one and they need to go to sleep, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, just get a timer. You can set a timer. That, like they kick on when it goes dark and they turn off by a certain time. I bet that exists. Um, we always left ours on a little longer on Christmas Eve. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fine. Uh, so Santa can find you. Exactly. Um, or non-denominational present deliverer. Okay. We'll, we'll call them. Terry. <laughs> Terry, the gift deliverer. Next question, please. Uh, this is our last question. This is uh, from Tuki. How long is too long to linger in front of a house with really cool decorations, especially if they have a lot going on? And I wanted to bring this up because one of my favorite childhood memories, I went to Miller Elementary growing up, uh, which unfortunately does not exist anymore no one gave me a heads up about this went home one year i remember this big empty field yep. it's, it's heartbreaking anyways right across from that was an older gentleman who in my mind at the time when i was like nine i thought was like 96 he was probably in his 50s and he went 
very all out decorating his house and and not in like a Clark Griswold kind of way, but like in a he had like a museum kind of way. He had pieces all throughout the house and every year he would invite the kids from the school like the teachers would bring their classes over one at a time to like walk through his house. And he would like show Whoa. off. My eyebrows are going up. Yeah. You can't tell in podcast land, but, but I am surprised. he would show off like the decorations on his porch and his living room and like all throughout his house. And like gave these tours of, to kids. And like he was one of my favorite like parts of Christmas. Because, you know, he, he lived alone. He was by himself. And it probably brought a lot of joy to him to have a house full of kids ooing and aahing at like his different decorations. And for me, it was like part of. The holidays was going over and, and visiting this guy's house. Um, wow. I bring this up because my answer to this is if somebody puts on a display and does the work. They want you to stay and look at yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think they'd ever, I don't think they'd ever like, what are they looking at? These are for me, these giant inflatable <laughs> Christmas dragons. Christmas dragons? Yes, you can buy them at Home Depot. I have oh no, gosh. I get the Halloween dragons. I get that. But Christmas dragons got a scarf he's holding in the present. Maybe that's Terry. Maybe, Maybe that's Terry. Terry, the Christmas delivery dragon. No, no, sorry, present delivery dragon. It is non, non-specific. Terry, the present delivery dragon. Yes, just think about it. I'm thinking about okay. it. But yeah, I think I think if somebody puts a work in the display, it is okay to appreciate it. Absolutely. In fact, there are some neighborhoods. There's a neighborhood in Huntington called Stanford Park, I believe, or Stamford Park, where. The you know even the people who like go on vacation for Christmas decorate their houses before they leave and people like drive slowly through the neighborhood like there's a especially on Christmas Eve there's like a caravan of cars like winding through this neighborhood as people drive through and look at their um look at the decorations mm-hmm. and I know Griffin used to live on a street that did that and like there are some neighborhoods who specifically welcome people to come and explore and or parks do it that kind of thing i think absolutely i think it's awesome oh big fan of that so i think that's going to do it for us this week hopefully that covered all of it um next week will be a live episode um so we won't need questions and we also don't know what the topic is yet (laughs) but you'll find out when everybody else finds out too um it's a shh it's a secret um can the, it be a secret if it doesn't exist i mean yeah it's a secret even we don't know oh okay um go check out all the other shows on maximumfun.org there's a ton on there um including some new ones um Ooh. it's very exciting also i mentioned uh so we're going on tour this weekend my brother my brother and me is we have shows thursday night and uh thursday night in chicago and Sunday night in Milwaukee. And there's still some tickets available for both of those shows. We're also doing Friday night in Chicago and Saturday night in Minneapolis. But those shows are already sold out. Um, so if you're in Chicago or Milwaukee and you'd like to come to the shows, go to McElroyShows.com slash tours. And you can find the links for the tickets there. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at SchmannersCast. You can join the Facebook fan group, uh, Schmanners Fanners. What else, Teresa? Um, you can email us your suggestions. We would love to hear them. And where can they email us? Uh, schmannerscast at gmail.com. Um, and thank you to Brent, Brent of Floss Black, for our intro and outro music, which is available wherever ringtones are sold as a ringtone. Um, thank you to... 
Kayla M. Wassel. Yes. For our Twitter thumbnail art. And for and to Keely Weiss Photography for our Facebook banner for that Facebook fan group. And thank you to Terry, the present delivery dragon, for once again this year choosing to deliver presents rather than burn us to death with his fiery breath. Um, <laughs> much appreciated. Uh, I think this that, might have to be part of Candle Nights. I'm, I'm going to definitely pitch this at the next meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... That's going to do it for us. Tune in again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.